Hey everyone, first question this week comes via email. Hi, I love the podcast. Oh, thanks, so do we. <laughs> Within the horror genre, slashers, especially those with some comedy, are my favorite. Scream, Ready or Not, etc. I also like to read, but haven't been able to find any really good slasher novels. Can you all recommend any good adult slasher novels? Thanks, John from Virginia. Uh, the only The only one I could think of, and I have not finished it, Go figure. Is Final Girl Support Group. The Grady Hendrix book. Yeah, that might fall into that slasher genre. Otherwise, you are totally right. So I was looking at my bookshelf trying to think of this. Like, I got a lot of horror novels. I can't think of any of that I'd call slasher. So, Megan, ideas? Yeah, I have a lot of ideas. I mean... Hey! <laughs> Megan for the save. I mean, the the my go-to for adult slasher novels is Stephen Graham Jones because just about everything he writes like he he loves slashers so uh, I think it was Xena even that talked about Night of the Mannequins was that you mm-hmm. uh that that's a novella um that's in the slasher realm the last final girl also a novella in the slasher realm um the only good Indians is supernatural slasher my heart is the chainsaw is flat out slasher through and through with all of the slasher. I saw movie. that one pop up a lot on lists, yes. wondering if something would jog my memory. I love that one so much. Um, it's going to be a trilogy. The second book just came out uh, of that trilogy. So if you like slashers and slasher sequels and like all of the slasher movie references you can imagine and then some, there you go. Um, and if you want like really kind of adult extreme horror, Jack Ketchum's off season. Um, it's mm. more like cannibalism, wrong turnish, siege, super gory, gruesome stuff. Brian Keene's Urban Gothic, uh, Richard Layman's Island. So I feel like those are all like older, but very visceral, gory, gruesome slashers. So Stephen Graham Jones is my first pick, and then the rest, yeah. You. Just listed more books than I've read in the last five years. Oh my gosh. I'm rooting for you. I, I can't. It's, it's so hard. You start them. It's the creepypasta thing. Mm. Like, I, I read verse. so much for, yeah, I read so much for my job that then I sit down to read a book and I'm like, oh, this is still going after like two chapters. <laughs> like, why isn't this book done yet? This is so <laughs> you need strange. a short story collection. Yeah. Uh, Zena, did you have any more to add to the list? You know what? I don't. Because the thing <laughs> is, is like I do read, I read slashers and I was thinking about this. I haven't found one that I liked. And oh. I'll, I mean, I don't want to be negative, so I won't mention the ones that I've read that really just didn't do it for me. So, um... Yeah, sad that yeah, no. If if you know, I'll take recommendations as well. I just like that you kind of came in hot on that one. You know what? I don't. <laughs> I don't, you know? So what you're saying is there is a void in the market that needs to be filled. All right, Zena, this will be a question that we know you'll have some input in or I, I I think you'll have some input in and maybe I'm about to look stupid when I ask the question. Another email from James in Toronto. What horror movie or franchise do you think would work as an animated series? Xena? Okay. I, this one I have. Yeah, um, I knew it. <laughs> I, so I have a couple. Of course, like Nightmare on Elm Street, that whole franchise, I feel like would be perfect, you know, as that. And then just because I recently rewatched this insanity, like the Puppet Master series, mm. like mm. the more you go, it's in, insane. And I love Pumpkinhead, so I'd love to see that. And something, I guess, more recent, 
like the Purge series could be like a good time. And also just because this one's one of my favorite franchises, Final Destination, because imagine what they could do with that. Yeah. How about you, Megan? Uh, I immediately was thinking like Evil Dead, which is getting turned into an animated series with Bruce Campbell voicing. The- what? Yeah. Yeah, that's an active development right now. Um, so that that Very is a cool. thing. Uh, but it made me think, you know, obviously monsters would be my preference. Like do all the things that are hard to do practically um, in animated mm. form. So, you know, killer clowns from outer space. We still don't have a sequel. Where Put put the clowns in a cartoon. I feel like it fits. Uh, or like some kind of deep sea aquatic horror. Some, some sharks. Yes. I don't know. So, yeah, monsters. Give me the monster stuff. And I was totally going to say not to stay on the Tales from the Crypt route, but I was going to say Tales from the Crypt. It already has. And then I Googled it, and I was like, oh, oh yeah. Tales from the Crypt Keeper <laughs> existed for three seasons. Yeah. Oh. I remember Oops, that. I've never seen one of them. Oh, yeah. The only one, the and the only cartoon I could remember in reference to Tales from the Crypt was the actual Tales from the Crypt episode that had the three little pigs in it. I think that was in the last season when, like, it was bought out and, like, the entire cast... It was just over in England. Yeah. Um, hmm. But beyond that, I like your answers. <laughs> and that is in no way just a ham-fisted way of me segueing into Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to help us discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from a YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infant love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to quick on the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, Megan, what's been filling your heart this week? Axiom Matante! <laughs> all right! I don't know, I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, Axiom Matante. It is uh, Alex De La Iglesia's feature debut. Um, translates <laughs> to mutant action, but you will pronounce it by its actual title because it has a theme song and they say it over and over again and it's so catchy you do love a theme song i do love a theme song (laughs) yeah so like ever since i watched that i've been axiom mutante um (laughs) so yeah this this is uh a 4k that severin released i don't think it's on streaming at the moment but i did not verify so i apologize but this is a weird one it's very appropriate for De La Iglesia. Uh, in a future ruled by attractive people, mutant terrorists kidnap a rich man's daughter to claim rights for the ugly. Escaping police, the mutant leader crashes into a planet of crazy miners where no women live. Wow. This, this movie is very wild, very bloody and violent and very quirky. Um, this was like two years before the Day of the Beast. So um, John will recognize the priest who is also one of the the mutants they're they're mutants nice. but it's it's not it's it's not a pc movie uh the he it <laughs> it's it's weird to describe because i the closest thing that i could use is trauma but it's not trauma mm-hmm. it's it's mm. almost that kind of crass sense of humor and gory a little bit but it's so well done it's it's very like that kind of mean sense of humor that his movies often have um which I know Xena also enjoys, like the bar. So like that kind of like gross and mean and like really pitch black, dark, dark comedy. Um, 
And it's it's weird. It's a weird one. And I like it. It's my kind of weird, I think, even though it's definitely a 1993 movie that would not hold up by today's standards as far as uh, the humor probably is a bit lowbrow. But it's really well done. Like for his feature debut, I was sitting there watching, you know, split diopter shots are pretty recognizable. But he his feature debut has this diagonal split diopter shot that I was just like, that's your first. This is your first feature. You overachiever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you like Alex de la Iglesia, then I highly recommend watching it. If not for anything else, then for the theme song, which I adore. And then I decided I was going to keep the weird kind of action genre bender alive. Um, I haven't seen this one since theaters, and I loved it in theaters. Uh, mm. Edge of Tomorrow. This was out in theaters in 2014. It is now available on HBO Max. Uh, Tom Cruise is a soldier fighting aliens. That's putting it very loosely because he <laughs> he is not he he's a major, um, but he's there by PR, not by skill. He's a bit cowardly and he gets thrust into the action and gets killed on his first trip to the battlefield, but. The way he gets killed means he's in a time loop. He's stuck reliving the same day every over and over and over again. And what resets it is him dying. So he's dying mm. over and over and over again. Um, Emily Blunt is his kind of uh, ally, so to speak. She she had experienced it before he did. But anyways, it's it's very Tom Cruise action, but it's so well done. You've got alien invasion, very weird aliens. Uh, they've got a whole hierarchy so it's more action than anything, but it's very funny. It's so funny. I I crack up every time at a certain part where he's trying to to get ahead. He's trying to I learn. Just keeps dying, and he keeps dying, and it's so funny. Um, and Bill Paxton is in it. Oh. I miss Bill Paxton so oh. much. He's really good. It's just a really good cast. I feel like this is one that people want a sequel for, and it just for whatever reason just is not kind of going anywhere. But Maybe someday I would like that. This is without a doubt the best sci-fi action movie with the worst title. It's a very confusing title. Yeah. Evidently, the the filmmakers in the studios attributed the title. Because I guess the title even changed a few times. Yeah, that's what makes it confusing. That that it really messed up. Like, people would see the title and be like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. And then just move on. And then, like, they released it on DVD, and it was, like, Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat, or Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. What, yeah. is, what is this movie called? I don't know, but it's great. It is so good. This is, without a doubt, my top three, like, sci-fi action movies. It's up there with Aliens for me. It's and a blast. also, maybe, might be the Bill Paxton effect. I don't know. That should be the tagline. What is this movie called? What is this movie? <laughs> Watch it. Just give us money. <laughs> just watch this movie all right Zena, what'd you watch uh so first up i checked out the mexican gothic supernatural horror latia alejandra aka aunt alejandra from 1979 but released in 1980 on dvd so the arrival of aunt alejandra triggers a series of nightmarish events that will put the life of a family at mysterious risk so um i remember seeing this movie a long time ago and i couldn't remember the title but luckily, one of my friends, Jess, she lent me her copy, and she's Thanks, never Jess. giving it back. 
I never gave it back to her. I already told her that because it's mine now and I love it. Um, Thanks, Jess. Yeah, oh my gosh. It, I really did enjoy this one um, a lot. I feel like the setup is, it's like very low-key, spooky, not in your face. Um, it's like a mix of the OG, the Omen, and Burnt Offerings, you know, Ooh. which is a witchy stuff going on. So yeah, um, the the evilness that's going on throughout the movie, you kind of question it because, again, it's not right in your face. Like this woman who comes to live with this family, she's a little bit weird, but I mean, is she a witch? Does that make her a witch? But then you have these kids, like the family has three kids and, you know, two of the three of them out of the three, she doesn't like, they don't really care for her. And you can kind of see why, but then it's just like, come on, are you picking on her? But anyway, yeah, I feel like this movie is like super pretty too. Like it reminds me visually of a Mario Baba film. So it's just as beautiful mm -hmm. as that. There's some blood, but there's not like a lot and it's not like it's needed. Um, but yeah, if you like slow burns, I think that you'll enjoy this one. Plus the payoff. I really enjoyed the payoff at the end. It just becomes like a supernatural slasher at the end. And plus I love witches. So I kind of knew already. And again, Thank you for this DVD. She she will never. If you're listening, you're never giving it back. Oh. It's, it's mine. Sorry, now. Jess. You got to trade. You got to give her a movie. I mean, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. No, it's mine. It's mine now. Okay. Then I checked out The Guardian from 1990 on Apple TV. Phil and Cake select uh, the charming young Camilla as a living and living nanny for their newborn, but. Seemingly lovely Camilla is not what she appears to be. This is a first time watch for me and I'm not trying to laugh on purpose. It's just that this movie throws a lot at the viewers. There's a lot of stuff that's going on where I felt stressed and sweaty because I, I was overwhelmed, but it's really, really good. So um, this is the same William Freakin, the same director of The Exorcist. It's nothing like The Exorcist. It's still like a really, really good movie. Do you love it, Megan? It's a wild one. I remember seeing it as a kid and being freaked out by that tree. Like, why are yeah. there faces in that tree? Jesus. Um, but yes, it is a very interesting, like, you would not expect this to be the same director yeah. of, of the, the Exorcist. Yeah, William Friedman. It's awesome. So it, it's like, it feels like a whimsical, dark, twisted fairy, fairy tale. Fairy tale, yeah. Yeah, with supernatural forces and baby sacrifices in the wind slapping people there's an evil demon tree and a temptress nanny who's yeah, just horny taking nanny. baths like yeah it's, there's just a lot that's happening but there's a scene the hell that are you two talking about <laughs> a guardian i'm gonna recommend this movie for oh, you to damn watch. <laughs> but it's really it's really good i really enjoyed it and i kind of wish that i would have watched it sooner because i would always see it in video i remember seeing it in video stores i remember seeing the poster and I just never watched it. But yeah, I feel like this is this was some what of a like really big treat for me. I really enjoyed it. There's plenty of gore. Um, the special effects are really awesome as well as visually. And plus it just has like a nice vibe. So but yeah, I highly recommend checking it out if you were like me and you haven't seen it. John. John. <laughs> I started out with Megan's pick, 2015 Southbound on Tubi. Five interlocking tales of terror follow the fates of a group of weary travelers who confront their worst nightmares and darkest secrets over one long night on a desolate stretch of desert highway. Gosh. All right, Megan, why this one? 
because this was a blind spot that I'm surprised uh, you needed filled. I just, it's an, an anthology that really, you have multiple directors, David Bruckner, Radio Silence, but the way that they weave these stories together so seamlessly almost feels like one cohesive movie. Mm-hmm. I thought you would enjoy it. As a person who generally doesn't feel like he has a lot of holes that need to be filled, I <laughs> really love this. Yay. Evidently, Yay. this was a hole that I needed filled. You needed that hole filled. Evidently, I didn't even know. Who yeah. knew? This yeah. late in life. And then all of a sudden, I'm just discovering stuff. Yeah. Uh, this this was really, really good. The The combination of how the tales were interlocked really it felt so smooth like the actual which as we've talked about is one of the harder things about anthologies mm-hmm. is it's finding that interlocking tailor that wraparound that just works that doesn't feel like its own story feeling forced but this is a circle in which like it, it, it's the way it's woven together i don't know if all the filmmakers work together like once they wrote it to make it that way but whoever like whoever actually like sculpted them together it, it was that i mean that's a master class for me as far as anthology horror and what i really realized that i loved was the location of each story i thought was perfect mm-hmm. which is a weird thing because i never necessarily think of the location as an entity outside of you know big cities and things like that yeah but like the first one it's broad daylight it's a desert highway um, the, 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 the creature, the simple, the first time you see the creature that you'll see in the trailer, I'm not going to spoil anything beyond that. You see it in the trailer, just the visual of them driving past it. I adored it so much. I rewinded it twice. <sighs> just this simple wow. thing hanging in the air. Like, do you guys remember seeing the meme of that guy who hung a grim reaper from a drone and was flying it around his neighborhood? <laughs> it was I like a grim cool. reaper. Yeah, so it kind of reminded me of that. But just this thing hanging in this, the air, just the, this thing that's got weird sharp edges, and, and it was just this, you weren't even sure what it was. I loved it. Didn't know what it was. Captivated my imagination right away. But then after that, you've got creepy house in the middle of nowhere with these creepy, with these really weird people. And shout out to Dana Gould, just all of a sudden showing up in anthology horror. Awesome. He loves horror. And then uh, The Hospital. There's a hospital in the accident that that is amazing set decoration, the lighting, the way it was shot, the 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 use of the voiceover on the phone, uh, jailbreak, um, which is kind of like, well, what the hell is this town? Like you kind of get it mm-hmm. by the end, but you kind of don't at the same time because there's things they're saying that don't make any sense. And it's just it's a place you don't want to be. And and then just a wraparound for the way in, like mm-hmm. how it all started. Yeah, it was just, I I was genuinely like, this is awesome. You're right. I because I I watched it when I pulled it up on Tubi. I'm like, I have seen that image so many times. I've seen Southbound with that invert with that pentagram in the in the sand so many times. Went right past it. Didn't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Man, I'm kind of glad. Because it's always nice to suddenly find something that you're like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. that that is up there. This is, it's definitely going to be one of my favorite anthologies, like after this. I love do that. You, do you have a favorite um, segment? It's oh, really hard. I know. That's why because I asked. The, uh, like, <laughs> uh, I, uh, 
it's easier for me to say it for like VHS movies. And you guys know mm-hmm. I love the VHS movies. But these were all on really even levels of not really giving you answers to what's going on, but just enough answers to propel the plot forward. I kind of think my favorite might be the accident, like right in the middle, like just the way the hospital scene is and what's happening and the panic and the isolation and Mm -hmm. the desperation and the nightmare of what's going on. The effects for that segment is by the Russells who did uh, the new Hellraiser and Malum. So, Oh my God. This, yes, more of this, more Southbound. Like, obviously, like, the, the people who are involved in it are, are massive talents in horror, like, mm-hmm. especially, and just becoming bigger names. But, oh, man, this is the way anthology horror should be. I was, I'm very, I might go watch it again tonight. Oh, <laughs> I love that for you. And after that, I watched Xena's Pick 2007's Inside, which is available on Shutter and Tubi. Four months after the death of her husband, a woman on the brink of motherhood is tormented in her home by a strange woman who wants her unborn baby. Why, Zena? Why? <laughs> because it's so brutal. It's like the horror version of Home Alone, but with a pregnant woman <laughs> if a demon spawn directed it. So I just wanted you to experience Jesus. that. <laughs> that very specific synopsis. Yeah. Um... This So there's some movies, and I have a list of them, not like a running list that I've written down or anything, but like a list of movies like Leaving Las Vegas and Million Dollar Baby, movies that are really, really good that you can't pay me to watch again. Uh-oh. And Inside is now on that list. Oh, you're welcome. It is a, it's a really good movie. Now, the first three quarters of it, I think... I was way more, like, once I realized what the conceit of the movie was, because I, I went in blind, I didn't know what was going on. Once I realized what the conceit of the movie was, I was like, oh, Daddy Hart's not going to like this. Yeah. Like, no. I don't like what's going on. I, I know what she yeah. wants to do. And I've seen other TV shows and movies where they do it. And it always, it's like fingernails on a chalkboard for me for, like, that scenario. But the way it was handled, as brutal as it's, it, it is in the first, like, three quarters, the way it's shot... Mm-hmm. It is really like beautifully crafted. Like yeah. there's there's this, it's not even a jump scare. There's a scene where she's sitting on the couch and something's happening behind her. And you don't even realize what's happening behind her at first. And then it just kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. That is it almost it came as close to taking my breath away as that sort of thing could. It was so wonderfully done and just smooth the, the transition of it all and the eeriness and the suspense and all that. Now the last 20 minutes is some of the worst shit I've ever seen on a movie that hurt me so bad watching that, especially the very last scene Mm -hmm. at the very, like the last couple of stills that you get are so brutal that it's just like what is wrong with you france i am yet to see a french horror movie that isn't like what are you doing man yeah (laughs) they are it's like it was just like that's less is more maybe i know something happened i didn't need to see that like when i first heard about the movie um you know i heard it was like a home invasion i'm like i can handle that (laughs) and it is yeah and it is (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, it went beyond. But it is one of those movies that will live with you for a while. Uh-huh. Um, there is a 2016 like American version. Mm-hmm. I like that one as well. Um, I still feel like it is mean, just as mean as this one. But like yeah. you said, there's just something so, even though it's very brutal, this French one, there's something very beautiful about it. They know how I to totally film agree. a movie. The Deep mm-hmm. House. Yeah. 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 It, a- absolutely. And uh, I actually, almost, I started watching the American version first and I got confused thinking that because only because you mentioned it was a French movie mm-hmm. last week, did I think of that? I was like, wow, that voiceover is synced up really well. That dubbing is amazing. Uh. And then I was like, oh, they're American. This can't, <laughs> this must not be right. Um, the only thing I really did not like in general about the movie that I just thought was completely unnecessary is the, C- the CGI baby effect mm-hmm. that you see through it. I was like, that's, I know there's a baby in there. Like, I don't need weird computer-generated baby reactions. Like, that That more than anything, it almost took me out of it, honestly. Like, mm. some of that was like, that's weird. But but you know what he didn't say, Zena? He did not, he did not hold holiday horror against it. Yeah. Oh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> You're right. I, I won't even. I won't even like switch gears and be like, ah, this is another example of horrible holiday horror. <laughs> because I also didn't drive Christmas down my throat. Okay. She actually doesn't really care, which no. helps me. It's almost closer to like Lethal Weapon, where it's like, hey, you know, this has happened over Christmas, right? Or, or Rambo or something. It's like you don't even realize it's a part of it, except for there's some mentions of it. Um, they like the yeah, color you, red. And it's on Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, and even with, even in the, the first three quarters or so, even with the level of brutality that you see, because the violence is, it's brutal violence. It, it didn't seem, it didn't seem too much. Mm-hmm. As weird as it is, because I'm like, okay, well, this is a home invasion with a highly mentally disturbed person and a frantic person. And they're using implements at their disposal like that's what it would look like yeah you know it didn't feel gratuitous for the sake of gratuitous so much um but there but there's it's a lot so yeah if anyone has any problems with pregnancy horror eh, you might you might want to pass <laughs> or read the wikipedia synopsis first and see if that's what you want to get yourself or, into you know, life is full of surprises just watch it <laughs> treat yourself to something Yes. Yeah. And know that it, 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 there's lots of blood. There will be blood and innards and stuff that I don't want to spoil. But damn, that was, that was a lot. Okay. Before we move on, what are we watching? How do we watch it? Action Mutante. I'm Forte. <laughs> <laughs> I also watched Edge of Tomorrow on HBO Max. <laughs> I watched uh, Latia Alejandra, a.k.a. Aunt Alejandra, on DVD and The Guardian on Apple TV. And I watched Southbound on Tubi and in 2007's Inside on Shutter. All right. I need homework. That does not include The Guardian because I don't have Apple TV. Okay. <laughs> Me first? Uh, Zena, you're up first this week. Um. Okay. Well, I still kind of want you to spend some money. Um, uh-huh. have, yeah, just a little bit. But first, I'm pretty sure you've probably seen this one. Have you seen Be My Cat, a film for Anne, 2015? Oh, I have not. Okay. That is free on Tubi. Uh, so I'll, I'll wait. Uh, 
for you to spend. You'll money. wait to make me spend money. Okay. All right. Let me be my cat on Tubi. Mm-hmm. All right, Megan. Um, we're going back to the French well here because <sighs> yeah. yeah, I'm trying to decide. Would you be game for an experiment? And by experiment, I mean two, just stop. You can just stop at two episodes of Marianne. Oh. Just watch the first oh, two. My oh, God. okay. Yeah. You, you two have spo- spoken so highly of it. Yes. Yes. I just will. Like, worst case scenario, just because I'm assuming it's a reader too. It is. That, okay. Yeah. I'll but say like, two if you episodes. Just, I just want you to watch the first two and then you can decide from there if you want to continue <laughs> on your own time. But just watch the first two. It's on Netflix. But aren't there like there's a dubbed version, I believe. There might be. But yeah, it'll be on Netflix. Oh, is yeah. There? Yeah. That might help me. Oh, I feel like you're gonna love it. Yeah, but it's important to watch the two because there's there's like it kind of what happens in one carries over into two. So at least that way you get, you know, like a nice little tidy bookend after the first two episodes. I, I will right, explain yes. more after you've seen it. I know that's like very cryptic, but no, it's fine. And it's probably for the best that it was a sign because you two have spoken so highly of it. And I'm always like, ah. because again, Netflix and horror, I don't go there for horror. Yeah. And generally I'll turn on HBO or Tubi or, or Screenbox or something. So. All right. Enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Baby shark. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> no. This house has had enough baby shark. Okay, what about big shark? Do, 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 do. Really, really, really big shark. Um, We discussed last week the Meg 2 trailer that was presented to CinemaCon attendees. And today, literally an hour before we started recording, the trailer dropped online. It is here. They've been teasing it. it all day um, with posters that are very, very funny that kind of sets up what kind of tone. So, like, the first motion poster that they revealed was a Yorkie with a big shark mouth coming for it. And then... Oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Then there was, like... Because there's two... Okay. So just the official kind of setup here. Dive into uncharted waters with Jason Statham and global action icon Wu Jing as they lead a daring research team on an exploratory dive into the deepest depths of the ocean. Their voyage, their voyage spirals into chaos when a malevolent mining operation threatens their mission and forces them into a high-stakes battle for survival. Pitted against colossal megs, plural, and relentless environmental plunderers, our heroes must outrun, outsmart, and outswim their merciless predators in a pulse-pounding race against time. Immerse yourself in the most electrifying cinematic experience of the year with Meg 2 The Trench, where the depths of the ocean are matched only by the heights of sheer unstoppable excitement. That's the official kind of setup there, yeah. Wow. Um, so all of that pre-able to be like, they had two posters for, one for Jason and one for Wu Jing, that was, Jason Statham is... Old Meg, new chum, old Meg, old chum, you mm. know, be carrying out. It's very tongue in cheek, which, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Fish and Dinos, director Ben, we- ben Wheatley appears to have understood the assignment, I feel. Mm. So watch the trailer. I definitely described a lot of the footage that people were talking about out of CinemaCon. So it's, you know, multiple Megalodons, dinos, trench creatures, over the top action. Um, I will definitely be there in a shark onesie when Meg 2 The Trench releases in theaters on August 4th. Uh, it looks like such over-the-top spectacle with giant sharks and dinos and I don't even know what. It looks fun. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, 
something we didn't talk about last week, I don't think. Um, filming kicked off this month on the HBO Max series Welcome to Dairy, an official prequel to the two Stephen King-based It movies from Andy Muschietti. Taking to Instagram over the weekend, Muschietti shared a first-look behind-the-scenes photo from the set. Um, it basically is a shot of the police department with a name on it. The name... Hmm. It's going to sound familiar to people who are fans of the movie or the books um, because the last name, it's this shows the office door of Derry's chief of police, Clint Bowers. Mm -hmm. So obviously we're going to explore the Bowers family a little bit more. Um, I don't know what capacity yet, but the last name should be familiar because Henry Bowers was mm -hmm. in these movies. Um, he was the teen bully of the Losers Club and he was the son of Sheriff Butch Bowers. So apparently, you know, Butch was following in. I'm assuming daddy's footsteps because the series begins in the 1960s in the time leading up to the events of it part one, the 2017 film based on the Stephen King horror novel. And it's said to include the origin story of Pennywise, the clown, which means that it's going to have to go much further back than the 1960s. Um, but yeah, Muschietti will direct several episodes of the series. So I'm sure we're going to be seeing and hearing a lot more about this and the road leading up to its debut. And some John news, because John loves this. But found footage masterpiece, the Blair Witch Project, came along and changed the game back in 1999, subsequently spawning its own universe, including follow-up films in 2000 and 2016, and a lot of books and video games that deepen the lore, a lot of which I have not kept up with. I haven't played the video game. I don't know. So, um, so when, are, when are we going to get a new one, right? Soon. Probably. It's been reported last April that Lionsgate was looking to relaunch the Blair Witch Project franchise and Production Weekly revealed last week that Oliver Park has been hired to direct, quotes, untitled Blair Witch sequel for Lionsgate. Like that's the working title, untitled. And it's reportedly targeting a late summer fall shoot. Park is the uh, writer director who helmed last year's The Offering, which I think Zena just talked about. Uh, I feel like the last mm -hmm. few eps. Yeah. yeah, a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, so there you go. That's who's helming this one. Um, of particular note, the production company attached to the project is Haxon Films, the team behind the original Blair Witch Project movie. These details have not been confirmed by Lionsgate yet, but both Daniel Merrick and Eduardo Sanchez are listed as producers. Uh, the original found footage classic from 1999 was written and directed by both of them. So seems like it'll be in that same family. Yeah. Very cool. All right, listeners, your turn. Do you think Megan needs to post a shark onesie selfie in the theater? Where do you think the Blair Witch will go next? Underwater? Space? Something cohesive? You can call or text us at 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena's going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? Well, first, if you're not subscribed, you know, to Screenbox, what is happening? Okay, I feel like every week <laughs> the frustration on Zena's face. She's right like now. rubbing her brow and frustration. She has every week, you guys. <laughs> every week, you know. Um, yeah, subscribe. You know, to Screenbox, and then also, you know, Bloody Disgusting TV is available. But this week, we actually have a very light week. You know, uh, so by the time this episode is out. On Tuesday the 9th, you can check out Evil Dead Rise at home. Yeah. Woo. So just in case if you missed it in theaters, 
You can check it out and let us know your thoughts. And then on Friday, the 12th, we have Husera, the Bone Woman. This will be available on Shudder. Valerie's joy at becoming a first-time mother is quickly taken away when she's cursed by a sinister entity. As danger closes in, she's forced deeper into a chilling world of dark magic that threatens to consume her. Listen, every, anything with Thomas Synopsis has like dark magic. I just want to watch it. You know, there's just something <laughs> about that. Also on Friday, The Last Drive-In uh, Season 5 will be available on Shutter TV. I'm not too sure if you guys ever watch the marathons, but it's like super popular. People follow along on Twitter. Seems like they have a, a joy of a time. And then also we have Oregon Trail. This will be available on VOD. A young Abigail Archer is left friendless and alone in a brutal in a brutal Montana winter during the 1870s, fighting for survival and to, and to retrieve her only earthly possession, her family's horse, from a gang of bloodthirsty bandits. And then on Monday the 15th, the prequel subspecies well, subspecies five, Blood and Blood Rise, will be available in limited theaters. So I know that this is like a whole franchise, but I only watched the first one. Oh, okay. So is this conne- is this connected with the movie Species? No, no. subspecies. It's a su- I have never yeah. heard of this, let alone the fact that there's five of them and they're releasing in theaters. Yeah. I think there's even like a crossover too, because this is a full moon. Mm-hmm. Mo- That's what I was going to say. I, I have no idea how many. I'm surprised they went with five. So it's just <laughs> I only watched the the first one, but I think some of them if they might be available on Tubi. Um. So, yeah, uh, stolen by Crusaders on the night of his birth. He has no knowledge of his bloodline. His mother is a demon. His father is a vampire. Gosh, what kind of life, you know? It, it is and exp- a wild soap opera of of Radu the vampire and his mummy, which yeah. mummy, yeah. It, it's it crazy. sounds like drama. And I, is, I don't know. My brother, my brother and I, when we were kids, we were like latchkey kids, and we went on a whole like full moon binge at the video store. So we we're well acquainted with this. I'm surprised. It's been a long time. I might need a refresher, but we were very <gasps> into the subspecies movies. We should do a deep dive. Oh, I don't I know. Do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> She's like, I because, need to check before I sign myself up yeah, for that. I yeah. don't know. I just feel like every single time I say, let's do a deep dive, and then it's just movies that are just exhausting, like the Children of the Corn. Like we just got more and more. But they, they brought us some joy too. Like yeah, we <laughs> someday we'll share those with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> now, that pa- now that Patreon is shut down, someday y'all will hear the joy that. That slowly deflates from us with oh, each episode of Children of the Corn. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, so that would be in theaters. So that's pretty cool. Um, and that's pretty much it. Again, we have a very light week. And that's a Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out all things Bloody Disgusting on TikTok at BeDisgusting. Yeah. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Mm-hmm.